This is a Podcast Now production. So, Hanin, our guest today, what an exciting mix of topics we discussed, right? Yeah, that was that was a fun episode. Yeah, I mean, it was wonderful having uh, Amina Mohammed, who's a PR powerhouse in the Middle East. And coming from so many different backgrounds and being based in Dubai, it was interesting to see her take on how to have the work-life balance and how a morning routine is pivotal to being successful and taking care of yourself. Yeah, we're hoping we could take a cue from um, Amina and yeah. start a healthy morning routine. Yeah. Well, we can't wait for you to listen to this episode. This is Candid with Hanina and Sahra. Don't forget to subscribe. Damina, we're really excited to get to know you today. So we're going to start off with, tell us all about you in 30 seconds. Oh, wow. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> can you do it? You can do it. Um, yeah. Um, so my name is Amina Mohammed. Um, I am Yemeni and Somali. I was um, raised in Toronto, Ontario. And is it Toronto, Ontario or Toronto, Canada? It's Toronto, Toronto is in Ontario, it which is, Ontario, is in Canada. So, yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. Okay. okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Let's start again. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So my name is Amina Mohammed, and I am a PR and communications professional. I am ethnically Yemeni and Somali. I was raised in Toronto, Ontario, and I moved to Dubai six years ago. Um And yeah. Great. I don't awesome. Know. Well, we love having you in Dubai. Oh, yes. So, thank yeah, you. Us. So you're like from all over the place, basically. <laughs> yeah, very different sides. Yeah. And what brought you to Dubai? It's such a... Yeah, how I did mean, that happen? so the way it started was um, I went to um, the University of Toronto. Let me just kind of set the, the tone mm -hmm. um, and how I actually ended up in the field that I did. And then which led me to coming to Dubai. So um, I went to the University of Toronto and um, I at some point decided to... Um, go do an internship in New York. And when I did this internship in New York, I worked with a designer called Rachel Roy. Mm. And I don't know if Rachel's as, you know, as significant yeah. as she was then, mm -hmm. but at the time she was like yeah, at her prime and it was such a big deal, you know? Mm. And so I went to go and intern for her just by chance. I'm not even sure how the opportunity came about, but it was in like a marketing kind of uh, capacity. And I was like, marketing? Like, that's not what I wanted to go to school for. I actually struggled a lot with what I wanted to do in school, like academically. Um, I was always good in school, but I was like, what am I going to do for like ever? And so, you know, I went between psychology to uh, international relations to in the end, just doing um, a specialist in English and a minor in professional writing and communications, oh, wow. which at the time I never thought would lead me to PR or communications at all. I mm -hmm. actually thought I was going to maybe be a writer Okay. Because I did a lot of like freelance writing um, at the time, like while I was in school. And I, you know, d did this internship. And in that time, I guess she saw something in me where she was like, oh, you're like very personable and you just have an energy about you. And, you know, um, I think you would be really good at PR. Um, would you kind of like to shadow me and like help me with certain things um, and see if it's something you like? So she kind of took me out of that like sales marketing department and had mm -hmm. me with her and she didn't have anyone doing PR in-house. 
um, there was an agency. So she kind of put me in charge of the agency and, you know, a lot of the celebrity styling and the celebrity gifting and, um, I was just like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is you know, so exciting. Yeah. And it just felt like really like second nature for me, like because I do like people. I'm very sociable. Um, I just know how to kind of blend in like wherever I go. And so I was like, this could be something, you know, worth pursuing. Um, but then obviously you think like, you know, immigrant parents, you know, like they're, what is yeah, PR? This is not like, a job. This is yeah, not yeah. a job, you know, like this is not but sustainable. Trying to explain it to parents. Oh my like, God. what do you do? Guys, until now, my parents probably don't quite understand <laughs> yeah. like yeah. what I if do. If you're not you know? a doctor or engineer, it's just not. Or a yeah. lawyer, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's those kind of three things. Mm. So um, I basically um, just really fell in love with, you know, the work I was doing with her. Um, it exposed me to so much. I was able to really like pick up all like the technical skills of like PR without having to actually study it or really know anything about it. And funnily, when I was, um, by the time I'd finished school, they were starting to open up like certifications and programs for PR, which is like so available now, right? Like it wasn't a thing. And that's not like, I'm not that old either, but like I'm pretty old, but <laughs> um, I decided to just take a certificate as well, just so that I could like pick up on the foundational kind of like um, skills, you know, required, you know, things like crisis management, all of this stuff that I didn't think would probably apply to the type of PR I was going into, which was more fashion, um, you know, luxury, um, and like the music space. Yeah. And so, um, I ended up doing this certification, you know, I stayed with her, I interned with her for about a year and a half or so. Um, I took a break from school. Um, I was like, you know, this is really important to me to be able to, you know, get this experience. And then I went back to Toronto and then, um, I started working for a company called Holt Renfrew, yeah. which is kind of like the Shalhoub, I guess, of yeah. um, the, the, the of yeah. Canada, right? Yeah. They're Whittington Group. And so I was working for Holtz. And that was like my first official PR job. And I was there for about four years. And it was amazing. It, it kind of exposed me to retail and luxury retail. And then kind of in between that, you know, I once I finished that, I went into like, um, I went to a startup, which was also a great experience. So for me, it was like, you know, I did kind of the the fashion, like mm -hmm. designer focused PR. Then I went straight into retail. And then from retail, I went to an e-commerce startup. And then from the startup, I went into agency for about a year um, for P&G, Prestige. Okay. And then I was like, oh, my God, I do not like agency. Like, <laughs> it was really stressful. It was just not good for I don't think anyone likes, no one likes agency where life is just. It's so overwhelming, you know, mm. because it's like five, six clients at a time. And, you know, every client is so different. And it was just, it, it really took a toll on me. And I was like, uh, and I identified that like right away. I was like, yeah, no, this mm. is not, you know, passing the vibe check. My body's not enjoying this and I just can't do it. So I, I left agency really quick, like within 10 months. And then by chance, um, an editor that I knew from the time I was at Holt Renfrew so happened to start working at Footwear News. Um, and she was the fashion director there. And um, my my boss at the time that who brought me to Dubai, um, Rania, mm -hmm. um, was um, nominated for the Footwear News Retailer of the Year when Level Shoes opened up. Oh, uh, yes. Right? Yeah. And kind of through those conversations and I, somehow I came to to the table like mm. someone kind of with some arab origins but um is really excellent at pr that would be good for kind of helping 
to lead level shoes to more of like a global um, recognition, yeah. you know? And so that led to, you know, me kind of applying formally for the role um, and then coming to Dubai for an interview. And that's, was it, it your was history. First, was it your first time to Dubai? No. Mm-hmm. So I'd been before um, with my sister um, and we had a lot of family out here, like mm-hmm. in Abu Dhabi, like aunts and stuff. And so um, I'd been twice before. And so I never thought like I would live here. Like it was never in the in the plans. It just, I, I don't know. I just never saw myself on this side of the world. And I think it's because I had these kind of preconceived notions of like, mm. what would working like here be? And, you know, just the things that you, it's very different when you come here for a trip to of like course. when it comes yeah. to coming here to work and actually live. Mm. And so uh, I was like, I don't have any, any attachments at the moment. You know, this would be the right time and the right chance for me to just try something new. And I feel like throughout my career, that's always been kind of a common thread where I was like, okay, I need to challenge myself. I need to do something different. I, I can't kind of just be doing the same thing. And it's weird because I never saw myself staying in one job for like too long. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll take a chance. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go for like three years. Like no problem. Yeah, you that's know? what everyone always <laughs> says. Everyone <laughs> just says that. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to just come out here for three years. And then fast forward, it's been five and a half years, almost six. And I'm, I'm still here. Oh. But again, I did change it up though. I did spice yeah. it up. So, yeah. uh, you know, after level, I did that for three years. I, um, Farfetch decided to launch in the region in 2018. And I joined them on May 1st, 2019. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So I feel like you've been with Farfetch forever. I feel like that too. Also, I feel like you've been in Dubai forever. Yeah, I know. I I feel like I'm like that though. I feel like I immerse myself so quick. And even when I first moved to Dubai, I felt like I knew everyone and everything right away. Yeah. Because you telling me six years, I'm like, what? No, didn't you just didn't you grow up here? Yeah, I know. I know, you, I know there was, you have a connection with Toronto, but I never thought that, like, you were here for such a short period of time. Like, yeah. six years is, yeah, because you it's give me that vibe. Yeah. yeah, and you know everyone. <laughs> and I feel like we're lucky because our, our industry is a bit small as well. Yeah. And it's actually not as, um, what would I, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it just doesn't, people don't rotate as much, you know? Like, people aren't in and out. I feel like the, the people in the industry are usually there for the long haul and Mm. um so it's a lot of the same faces Uh, obviously there's new faces that come out and you know new people in the on the scene and stuff but generally i feel like i know a lot of the same people that i did when i first got here yeah um but that's dubai isn't it people come here for for a little bit like you said just for two or three years but end up staying so that's why i guess everyone knows everyone because people just stay and i feel also like a lot of people have um come here as well for work. So like in my time being here, I've had so many friends come from Toronto um, and move out here. And it's like, it's it feels like more familiar and it feels like more like home when you see your friends from Toronto that you've known literally since you were like mm. 10, 15. Like, so for me, the more I see you know, people that I grew up with Mm. um, moving to this side of the world. I, you know, sometimes I think like, oh, I could actually, you know, stay here longer. But then, you know, family, you know, my parents and my siblings, everyone's in Toronto. So that's really the main challenge, you know, being out here and not having like immediate family. 
is is a challenge. And I'm sure a lot of us deal with that because a lot of us are expats, right? Mm. Yeah, it must be tough for you as well because it's not just like four hours or five hours away. It's yeah. literally on the other side of the world. It's literally 14 hours and then eight hour time zone difference. Yeah. yeah. So it's so it, it's it's funny you say that because how I want to know how it was for you to when you did decide to move here. How was it when you moved here? Because, you know, it, Dubai is the kind of place that when you move, when you first move, it's either you love it or you hate it. Mm -hmm. And what was your experience being here? I think in the beginning when I got here, I had a few friends like set me up with people already. Mm -hmm. So I also think that because of the, the nature of my job, like as soon as I got to Dubai, it was like I hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. So I was already like doing my first events and, you know, my first press days and um, designer um, in-store appearances. And so I literally like had to meet everyone and like immerse myself very quickly. So I didn't have that moment of like, okay, let's, you know, see how we're going to, like, assimilate or integrate into this, like, society. You had no time to think. I had you no just, time. Yeah. I just had to, like, go with it, you know? And I think that helped me because I didn't, I didn't have to feel alone, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, finally, once I kind of, I got acclimated to the region, which I think was easy for me because I understand the culture and, you know, mm -hmm. obviously ethnically, like, you know, my dad is from Yemen and, um, I, even my mom, she's from Somalia, but you know the the, the cultures are very similar. very similar, right? You know, and so it, the the etiquette and you know the way we deal with people and everything. So it was really easy for me to just ride the wave. Like yeah. I had no like setbacks at all. So that I think that helped me a lot. But it definitely was hard. Like you know when you're staying in a hotel for the first three months and you have to find a place and you you're always like thinking like okay, but, you know, where do I live? What, how do, do, I, do I spend a lot of money on furniture? Do I want to stay here? Do I get a car? Do I want to stay here? Like every decision felt so much harder because it was like almost if I did this thing, then this feels more permanent. Mm, yeah. And so I was really scared at first to make commitments like on certain things because I was like, but I don't want to be here forever. You know, I, I knew that there was the expiration date in my mind. Yeah. Right. Um, so obviously that's changed now. That's changed for sure. In the sense that now I'm just like, OK, like, let me be here and let me be fully like present and mm, enjoy moment, it and yeah. in the moment and, you know, love the space that I'm in, you know, love, you know, the things that I'm doing. And if I wake up, you know, six months from now, I'm saying I'm ready to go back, then I'm ready to go back. You know, yeah. I just think it was more I could not be in the in this like. Limbo. constant fear of mm. like oh but you know i need to go back so i actually i can't do this or i can't do that because you know i'm gonna go back at some point so there's no point in me doing this you know yeah that was literally like a constant battle that i dealt with and i think just changing that mindset really changed just your whole experience right yeah yeah it did because i'm like okay i can enjoy this better because even if it's short-lived or you know it goes on for longer than i expected like at least I'm I'm present and I'm not worried and I'm not thinking about like what's next. Yeah. So it really it, it has helped me and I think that's that when COVID hit, that's when I changed changed my mindset. It's mm -hmm. taken me like almost four years. Yeah. Wow. Because I was making there was a lot of decisions that otherwise would be easy were really hard for me because I was like, this is not my home. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I know expats struggle with that a lot, but I think expats who come from parts of the world where you know, they were otherwise happy there mm. before they came to Dubai. 
probably struggle with it a little bit more. Whereas I have a lot of friends from the UK. They're like, we're never going back there. Like, we don't care. Like, they came here and they were like, they had the intention of, I'm coming here and I'm not looking back. Yeah. Yeah, because you didn't leave Toronto because you weren't having a good time. You just wanted a different experience. And it just came to me, right? So it wasn't even like I was actively looking to Mm -hmm. leave the country, you know? Um, It came to me. And so it was just a sign and like an opportunity to, you know, take a chance and do something different. But at the same time, I was perfectly fine Yeah, where I was. Obviously, when I think about it now, I'm glad the opportunity landed on my lap and I came here because I wouldn't have the opportunities that, that I've had. Yeah. But if I was still in Toronto, like, would I, you know, be unhappy? No yeah. way. Like, my family's there, you know, and I, all my friends that I grew up with. So, yeah. Um, okay. uh, yeah, I feel like I didn't have that, like, difficulty in, like... Mm integrating to the re- yeah. to the region yeah. um but i'm human like some days it would be really yeah. sad like you know like my first birthday here i was crying i'm oh. bald it's like it's just so weird like having a birthday by yourself without yeah. your family you know i'm yeah. like this is bizarre and your friends like everything was so weird yeah and then it's like there's no addresses like how are people gonna oh how can we send you flowers <laughs> like everyone was just like what yeah. is this yeah so it, yeah it's um yeah, but it's, listen, it's been a great journey. Alhamdulillah, yeah. you know, I'm lucky. It's been a good time. That's so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm knocking on wood for you. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. And and what is what about, like, with what you do? I know you work for uh, an international company mm-hmm. um, that's opened a branch here, an office here. How is it being you as a Middle Easterner? Um trying to get to, you know, climb the ladder at work to, as a woman as well. Mm-hmm. Did you find anything, especially here in the Middle East, did you find it difficult anyway? What was like your mindset trying to maneuver yourself into this huge uh, mm-hmm. job that you have? I mean, like if I take a step back and I talk about my role at level, for example, mm-hmm. um, I actually think like in this region, I found that there's, such a um, a better kind of dynamic and representation of women um, in senior positions um, here than obviously when I was in Toronto, which is in anybody's mind, they're going to think, well, that's strange, right? Like they would think, oh, the West is so progressive and, you know, women should be in more leadership and like that's what you would expect. But actually when I lived um, back there, all of my, all my bosses were men actually, except for one. And um, when I got here, you know, when I joined Level, for example, like um, I was working with Rania Masri, um, who is the chief um, transformation officer of Shalhoub Group. Um, and she was a woman, a powerful woman, like a, a, a Montreal. Um, she, she grew up in Montreal, um, but is, you know, Palestinian Canadian, but lives here. Um, yeah, very well respected. Very well, well respected. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this woman's like, you know, she's bomb. Like she's a powerhouse. <laughs> and, you know, she kind of took me like under her wing and we, you know, we we got along very well. And mm-hmm. I think it's also just that kind of like that North American mindset and, you know, just the, the work ethic. And, you know, we were able to really um, work well together. And the team was mostly women. And so it was just super nice to kind of see that Mm. and especially like when you come like that's not what you expect we all have these 
thoughts about, yeah. you know, preconceived notions, preconceived notions. Right. Yeah. And so it was just super impressive to me. And also just in general, like the Shalhu group, right. has a lot of, um, they have a lot to say about women in the workplace and, you know, and it's, they're, they're champions and they're that, champions yeah. in that space. And, you know, the CEO is really vocal about that, you know? And so, um, I think they, I was lucky to be in the organization that I was in. And then, you know, when I moved into my other role, my team is women, you know, oh, yeah. Wow. Even at where you are now. Yeah. My team is women. So, um, I'm currently the senior head of communications at Farfetch Amazing. and I, um, manage the middle East and my team is made up of two girls. Um, and then my global team is mostly women as well, which is amazing and like strong, intelligent women. And, um, you know, my boss here in the region is a man, okay. but like just young and super cool and um, very, you know, intelligent, someone that isn't in my same kind of um field like he doesn't know what I doesn't under, quite understand what I do and I think that makes for such a great combo because yeah. I don't understand you know his, his what he does right he's really like big data yeah you know um, mathematics and you know AI and just all that like but that's great because not usually when I mean you, not usually, but majority of times when your boss is male, they tend to mansplain everything and kind yeah, of take no. over. But yeah. that's wonderful that yours is, is so yeah, supportive. Yeah, he's great. He's young. Like, he's like a peer. And, mm. you know, we're able to really, like, learn a lot from each other. Um, and I think that's really important. You know, I think sometimes people, you know, try to create these, you know, I guess dualities between you know men and women in the workplace and yeah. there is there are dualities but you know sometimes there's a benefit you know having you know a, a male boss or you know male colleagues I really don't think it's about necessarily the hierarchy of like where women sit in the workplace and where men sit in the workplace but actually do we treat each other like equals mm. uh, and I and I find like for me that's the most important observation kind of I've I've picked up along my career working with people that aren't fixated on on titles and and hierarchy but rather you know there's equal respect and you know you 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 treat each other um to the same kind of you know you hold each yeah. other to the same standard yeah um obviously then you get to like ceo levels and stuff obviously there's yeah. kind of <laughs> yeah i mean there's boundaries right yeah. but um i think generally it's I've I found that I've ha been lucky to have a, a really good balance of male and female um, yeah. colleagues and bosses. That's like a healthy working environment. Yeah. Where 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 can I sign up? Right, that sounds <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> but I mean, this sounds so different than how you described your life at an agency. So tell me a little bit about the kind of mental struggle you went there. Oh my God, agency! I feel like I like you know when you like. <laughs> push something out of your mind oh, like no. you just put it in the back of your head. Up <laughs> it's like I'm triggered, you know, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. But um, agency, my God, I feel like I don't actually even know how I ended up there. But the real reason that um, I wanted to kind of try it out or why I was moved to uh, take the opportunity was, it's like, you know, I feel like I've been in every type of PR, comms, industry like I've worked within each of these industries the only one I haven't quite done is um 
agency. So I was like, could be interesting to just be on that side, you know, where I'm dealing with clients versus, you know, me being the client. And I really did it as a social experiment. Like I really did it with not the intention of ever growing in that organization or um, wanting to stay. I just wanted to understand how does that work, right? Because knowing that I've been in the in the opposite role where I'm managing my agency. And to be fair, I usually like in my other jobs, my agencies were not that great either. So I just really wanted to understand like how how does this work? You know, especially when you're, you know, you're servicing clients, you know, I feel like there's a certain skill that's required, especially when you're juggling like five, six accounts at the same time. And I just was so curious, you know, like how do they, how do they do this? Mm. So I, I, I joined and it was funny because one of my accounts was Emirates. Like, it's just, when you think about it, like you don't All realize everything's like connecting, everything's but I was like, well, what is Emirates? Like, you know, <laughs> at the time, because the last two times I came to the UAE, I came through Abu Dhabi. Oh. Um, so um, I was only familiar with Etihad. Like yeah. I might've heard of Emirates, but I wasn't like flying Emirates. Yeah. So I took this agency role. Um, it was really toxic. It just wasn't a good environment. Like from the moment I got there, you know, because agency is very competitive. Yeah. You know, you'll see that everyone um, is trying to win an account or trying to be put on an account. Um, and, you know, everyone wants more billable hours or everyone wants, yeah. you know, to be a part of this pitch. And, you know, so it's, it was just constantly everything was. It's not a healthy competitive. It just felt uh, too competitive yeah. and overwhelming. And I never, I literally, I never saw anyone leave the office before 7 or 8 p.m. And I was like, mm, this is not. So yeah. there was like no work-life balance at all, whatsoever. At all. And I'm very much like work-life balance. Like I can't be too overworked yeah. because I will feel it like physically. Like I just, I'm really like protective of that because at the end of the day, like I don't want to be working and be sick or tired or miserable. Like that's just not for yeah, me, it, like it reflects in your work anyway. So if you're overworked, you don't do the job properly. So I don't understand why agencies don't see that. Yeah. Because the the more work you have and the more stressed you are, the less you would do the work properly, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I just yeah. feel like it's also like for me, it's not even about my output and how well my work would have been. It's just more it's like energy. Like I just if I don't feel good, like I just I won't think of things. I won't have good ideas. I'm just not going to be motivated. It, it just really, for me, I, that was one of the main reasons why I was like, I cannot like continue to stay in this environment. And it, it was just became really admin as well, right? You're just doing a lot of work, like just spewing out things all day long, press release, putting, put your hours in the system, do this. And it just became so mind numbing yeah and i was like i'm not even stimulated like this is yeah, so you're not being creative you're, you're not, not being like, creative yeah. i mean occasionally like a client will say like oh we want to send out a mailer and come up with like a concept you know but it's yeah. like it's just yeah. it's that, <laughs> yeah. okay great you know and now what yeah and then mm, what you yeah. know um and then bring that concept to life in a lunch or a dinner yeah. or something and it's like okay it just i don't know and i think because it's you were working on so many accounts you actually could never really get too attached or immersed in one client mm. because you needed to spread yourself across so many. So I also deliberately like you have to, you're going to be detached from the account. So you're not the, the love isn't there. The passion isn't there because you're 
you know, you're, you're removed from it. And so that's also why I think like agency is great, but like, I think agency can't replace, you know, Mm in-house people because that understanding that like, you know, that passion and like that love for the the brand needs to be there. And I think the only way that can be there is if like you're in it all the time, right? Like not just, I have two, two hour billables with this client on Monday and on Sunday. And that's, you know, I, I think that that, um, something gets lost in translation like yeah I think there's also certain personalities that work really well with agencies yeah it's uh, it's not easy yeah to each, that, yeah to each their own like yeah. you know I have friends who've been in agency for years and they love it mm. but like just for me I was like no yeah no every time like someone reaches out with an agency offer I'm like I'm so sorry like I will have to politely decline yeah. like yeah. no like I'm totally brand side like yeah. for life you know I don't see myself ever going back into that space. I respect what they do because there are people that do it well and they do a great job. It's just, I know none of those people have a healthy like work-life balance. Yeah. Speaking of healthy um, work-life balance, how do you self-care? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I mean, other than the facial you're going for later after right. this. <laughs> um, well, I mean, her skin is amazing. Oh, really? <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll get to Thanks, that later. <laughs> um, self-care. Honestly, I would say like for the last three, four years, like three years, I wasn't doing enough like for myself, Um, you know, obviously not because I didn't have, you know, the time, right? Like, cause I, like I said, I've been lucky to have a generally like healthy um, work and personal life um, balance, but I don't know, you know, I just, maybe it wasn't motivated. There was something not really moving me towards doing things like fitness, for example. I work out, but like not consistent, right? Like, you know, when you just have those like, those um, sporadic, those sporadic like moments and it's like, oh, work out for like four months or whatever. You know, I would be those people on January 1st, I'm in the gym, you know, and saying like, oh, I'm going to be fit, like new journey starts now. And (laughs) then literally like January 15th, like, yeah, like in a week, you don't see me, you know, Yeah. Yeah. So I was one of those people for a really long time. And I don't know if it was because I don't know why I just, I don't know why I was never consistent. Honestly, I don't think I felt like I was missing anything or like my lifestyle needed improving. Like I was kind of social. I would, you know, I'd go for, I'd go for runs. That's one thing I did. Actually, I used to go for runs quite a bit. Um, I would go for runs and I found that to be helpful. Yeah, that's huge. Running yeah. is a really great way to kind of yeah let everything that's Love in the some steam. Yeah. yeah, I would do runs actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. I feel like I've, for, I've just forgot. Like, <laughs> Do you I, still go for your runs? I don't run anymore, mm. but um, now I train. So for the last year, um, I would say this is where a lot of my like well wellness journeys started. Mm. The last year and a half. Um, I've been training consistently, so I I have a personal trainer. Um, I train with him three days a week, and I feel having someone there to kind of constantly hold me accountable, Mm -hmm. um, like, instills a lot of discipline in me, and generally I have a lot of discipline because of, you know, my job, and just Mm -hmm. in general, I'm I'm very, like, um, meticulous, and I'm very organized, and so having a trainer really just keeps me on track, and... um, I've lost a lot of weight because of him, honestly. And like, just finally feeling like I'm in the best shape of my life. 
And I don't think you realize it until you're actually there because in the beginning it feels like such a daunting mm. yeah, process. Yeah, it feels impossible. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, Ugh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be like whatever, bikini ready or yeah. uh, evening gown ready like in anytime soon. And then when you finally see yourself there, like you don't realize how much that changes like your your confidence and how you feel about yourself. And just even when you just put on clothes and you're just like, oh, it just j right away, like you just see a shift in like the energy you're putting out. Yeah. And I found that the last year and a half has really led me to like discovering like this, this confidence that I thought I always had, mm. but I realized like, oh no, I didn't. But even then I was confident before, even though if I wasn't wearing my clothes in the, you know, my clothes weren't fitting right or, I, you know, wasn't looking my best or I felt my best, you yeah. know, like so physically on the outside, if I look back at those pictures, I would look at them and be like, oh, man, I mean, I like, you know, I'd criticize myself. I would yeah. judge myself. But in that moment, I was that that's not like yeah. the mindset I had. Yeah. And I think maybe that's a good thing. Right. Because I was always happy and yeah. confident and I didn't I wasn't criticizing myself, but. I think that's also why I maybe was less aware of the things that I could be doing to improve my life. Mm -hmm. And so once I got into like working out and stuff, it's like the thing you didn't know you needed when you had a train, when you yeah. get a trainer. I was like, this helps. And and has it changed just how you see, it has changed how you see yourself, but has it changed how you are at work, how you are with your relationships? Has that yeah. like really changed? Completely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like I have more energy. I have more time. Like I, I, I can seize the day a lot better as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, where, you know, and the other prior to that, I think I was just being idle, mm. you know, and maybe those are the, that's might be the thing that I regret a lot, where it's just like when you're idle and, you know, you're alone, you just. It's not productive, you know, yeah. like you just don't want to like end up binge watching TV all day or um, sometimes I'd read a book, but like generally the mo the easiest thing is like just turn on Netflix. Right. Yeah. And so. um having like a routine outside of work that you're committed to, like in the same way, I feel like it just really improves the quality of your life. And so, you know, I wake up at like 8 a.m. Like I'm not a morning person and like, who am I in the last year yeah. and a half? Like I, and when we're working from home at that, yeah, yeah like, exactly. you know, I'm Stay waking motivated. up that early, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm getting in my workouts and um, I, I don't want to miss them because the moment I miss them, I feel like, mm. you know, something's off, you know? So that's really helped because, you know, that directly correlates to, you know, m my choices in what I eat, um, you know, how much water I'm drinking. And, you know, I'm a big water drinker. And like, this is like, I make sure I hold myself accountable. Like, you know, th this affects my skin. I drink a lot of water mainly yeah. because obviously, you know, I care about my skin, but. Um, that's why you have such good skin. <laughs> so drink lots of water. Drink lots of water. <laughs> Um, but I like that. I like that morning routine. I think we're all trying to, we're at a point in our point in our lives where we're trying to find our morning routine. And mm -hmm. I think when 2020 happened, that kind of messed everything up. Uh, and now that you've, you have your morning routine, you said that you still work from home. So how will you, will you, how will you translate that once you go back to the office? Because I think that's been a core for you. Yeah. Since um, well, I think we're going to go back to the office in like a month, so Eek. which is going to be an interesting transition, <laughs> honestly. But um, I work out pretty early, so I think I'll be able to still mm. um, get my workouts in and just head straight to work after. Like I come home and kind of, you know, get ready. But, you know, on most days I'm at working out from 830 to like 
20 or so. Um, and usually we have to be in the office just before 10 a.m. So okay. it, it's still going to be manageable. And even then, like, I could switch to evening. And mm -hmm. I think the beauty of living here is, and if you guys have worked anywhere else, like, you just feel like you have more time in the day yeah. to do things for yourself. Yeah. Whereas, like, in North America, like, in Toronto, like, you waste all your time commuting. So by the time you get home, you're, you're exhausted. exhausted. Yeah. Like, I can't even think about working out. Like, absolutely not. You yeah, know? it's just that you're right. The journey back home. Yeah. Even if you are you leave work and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hit the gym and then I'm going to do this. And then when, once you're on your way back home, you're just like, no, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, you're deflated. Yeah. So, like, unless you, like, are going straight from the office to the, yeah. your workout spot, like, okay. But it just, it just the lifestyle wasn't conducive to being yeah. able to like prioritize yeah. like your your well-being in my opinion um but i think here it's like even if i do finish work at 6 6 30 i can still go home and feel like i still have like three four hours of the day mm -hmm. left where okay i'm gonna work out gonna have my dinner gonna watch a show maybe read a book or listen to a podcast and you still can go to bed feeling like you had a full productive productive day. like well-rounded day by like 10 30 or 11. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things. If I were to ever leave here, I would miss yeah. that work-life balance. I feel like I'd have to retire in North America to get this. <laughs> yeah. So was this like a, would you say that COVID started this whole kind of self-care, work-life balance journey with you? Because you you said uh, a year and a half ago, and that was kind of, yeah, you know. When COVID started. COVID. Yeah. So do you think that was kind of, did COVID change anything for you? Did yeah, I think. I think I was, like I said, like I was definitely doing things before, like, but it wasn't to this, to this degree, you know, I was running every now and then and whatnot, but like, it wasn't consistent. Um, but when COVID started, I also like realized if not now, then when, like we were in a, such a, I mean, it was a terrible time, like when it happened and it also made me think like, how can we come out of this either, you know, without pressuring myself as well. Cause I also wasn't, um, of the, of the thought that you had to experience COVID and come out with it with a new skill or learn a new language or okay. start a new company. Like I don't, so I no don't pressure. believe that no pressure. Um, because I know that was a big thing at yeah. some point, right. Where people were like, if you're not using this time to do this or do this or do that, yeah, it was like, all over Instagram. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, that kind of like shame. And for mm -hmm. me, it wasn't about that, but I realized like, I'm like, I'll never have this kind of flexibility probably again. I would hope not that we're ever, we're never in a predicament again where, you know, the whole world has to shut down. But I was like, at this moment in time, we're isolated from everything, right? Yeah. Um, how do I like use this time that I'm lucky to have because we were privileged, right? To be able to stay home and work from home and still have our jobs and, you know. Yeah, especially I, here. Yeah, we're yeah. super privileged. So how can I, you know, use this time wisely? And so I was like, listen, what's something that I've been putting off for too long or something that I've, I I want to do and let me do it now. And one of the things was like, I want to just, you know, work on my body and like what I'm eating and my, my wellness and everything, you know? And so I just decided to just do it. And so I did it and I haven't stopped. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Because also you, you go through a phase where you're like, yeah, I need to do this. I need to do this. But sticking to it is so difficult. So having that self-discipline is is incredible. Yeah, which I don't think I would have ever, I would have not reached this point without a trainer because I think that's the difference between like enrolling in courses and classes or like, you know, these sessions. 
having a trainer is like it's almost a bit embarrassing actually like yeah. if actually if you think about it like for me i was like i'm i'd be embarrassed to you know work out with this trainer and then you know go back home and like i don't know eat french fries and something else and then you know he's measuring me every week and then he sees me and he's like oh well, you're not improving you're actually getting like you know bigger or whatever you know that's my case <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that for a bit and when i realized like i need to really like hone in on like the food that I'm eating because actually that's the problem like even if uh, I'm like I might be losing inches or whatever like you know I'm I'm not achieving what I need to achieve because I'm not being like strict with my food yeah um but I also don't like deprive myself either like I you know I I eat what I want but I've just learned to like balance balance yeah. everything and control it but I don't deprive myself like I'm not like those you know, I have friends who will be like, can't come to this dinner tonight because I'm on a diet. Sorry. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, no. It should, I, it should be part of your lifestyle. You shouldn't, like, cut anything out that you do to then, uh, like, so then, because, yeah, it might be easy in the beginning, but then you get fed up. You're yeah. like, well, no, this is not what I want to do. I want to be able to live my life and still, you know, enjoy it. Yeah. I think that's how people end up, like, yeah. binging, right? Yeah. Like, you, you deprive yourself for so long and then, like, you just you fall down the rabbit hole, yeah. right? So like I'm I believe like eat eat in moderation, eat what you want when you want it, but also like make sure that you have a good balance of like healthy yeah. foods and you know, you know, energy, like foods that are going to energize you and and that's so it. Just have but fun. like cuz I also feel like food is very like personal and yeah. like you ha you have to have the the right mindset when you're eating right because like if you're just like in a, a state of guilt every time you're eating mm -hmm. certain things i feel like you probably just don't digest it well so i've learned to like remove that so now like i'll eat fries but i'll have like my smoothie and i'm like eh, yeah this is my balance good. like it works like you know i like that i thought you you're you seem very well balanced yeah. I, like <laughs> I know balance is a very big word yeah, today yeah, yeah. i like that i so am balanced you are i'm not a libra but i'm balanced yeah you're very balanced yeah. what are you i'm an aries aries okay yeah, i don't know sign. what that means i just thought yeah, i'd ask <laughs> it's just like a fire sign you know oh okay yeah <laughs> so let's talk about skincare for a little yeah. bit. Wait, before we go to skincare. Yeah. So you are very well balanced. You know, you got everything sorted out. But with your job, you have to be on it all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are days where you're like, you yeah. know, I'm done. Yeah. How do you overcome that? Honestly, I know this is going to sound wild, but like, I really love my job. Wow. And like, there are not like... I just haven't hit that point, you know, where I'm just like, ugh, I'm over this. Like, I'm, I'm not there yet. Like, I really enjoy it um, because it's just such a, it's such a great company. I feel like there's just so much work to be done. I think the team plays a big part in, you know, why I've not reached that point of like deflation or like feeling deflated or like def def defeated or like I'm over it. Um, but you know. I'm trying to think if there was a, t I mean, obviously at the end of like big events and things like that, mm. you're, you're dead tired and you're just like, oh my God, I can't keep doing this. You know, like I've, I'm like so exhausted, but no, like I don't, I haven't, I'm not there. Wow, I've not that's reached really that. Good. Yeah. So there is, there is that's hope amazing. for everyone there's, out there. Yeah. There is <laughs> you hope can that find your dream job. Yeah. You can, where there's like, it's, everything is balanced as well. It's such a balanced company, like yeah. the values, the, the work-life balance, the, the culture, I just, 
I think there's very few companies that are are built in this way. Yeah. And it's just such a cool space to be in. Like, I was like, hmm, tech, retail, like tech. Like, I've yeah. never thought I would even, like, tell, when people ask me now, oh, what, like, what, what industry are you in? I'm, I'm in tech. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's luxury and it's fashion, but we're not just fashion either, right? Like, there's yeah. so many different um, arms to the Farfetch group. But uh, it's a, it's, I love it. Like, I have... Yeah, yeah, that's that's really I'm, good to hear. I'm lucky. Yeah, I'm you lucky. really are. Yeah. Let's knock on wood again. <laughs> because a lot of people think for them to be happy at work, they have to start their own thing. They have to do something like different. But there is there is a chance that, you know, if you keep looking, you will find something like a company where you're so happy working for. Mm-hmm. And I think especially here, because everyone's about like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start my own thing. And it doesn't necessarily mean you'll be happy. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to know that you can be working for a company and be really happy with what you do and be very successful like you are so yeah i feel like because there's a lot to learn still Mm. right like i feel like sometimes if i was to just go into any traditional retailer right now again back in pr or whatever i feel like there would be less for me to learn but because with um being at farfetch i feel like my i'm open to so many new um ideas and so many you know different business units and you know it's uh ai innovation like the products like everything is just so different than the traditional kind of retail model yeah. that i just feel I'm, I'm it's just i'm exposed to so much new information and i'm I, there's so much more for me to learn and i think that's important like the minute you feel like you stop learning mm-hmm. or you know um being challenged in a in a job you know, you need to think about like moving on. And I think for me, like, I feel like there's still so much more for me to learn. And if that later sparks something where I'm motivated to do my own thing based mm-hmm. on all the amazing knowledge and experience yeah. I've, you know, taken from this, great. But I feel like it's like the perfect place to be for um, any kind of next step in anyone's life. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see from your face you yeah. light up when you talk about this. So it's it's wonderful to see that you're you're really happy, and, and then I guess that's why she also has good skin, other than drinking water. <laughs> the love, work love stress is do. not there. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Love what you do. Yeah, for sure. So can I talk about skincare? Yes, you can talk about skincare. I'm sorry. I've been dying to ask her. (laughs) Let's talk about skincare. Your skin is incredible. Mm -hmm. What do you do? You're also a skincare person, right, Henning? You you like to, yeah. Yeah, she's also has beautiful skin too. Everyone here has beautiful skin, first of all. (laughs) Um, And I don't even, I, I don't even know where to start, like skincare. I don't even know when I started my journey with skincare and when that all happened, but I want to say like it started with me and my little sister because she was really big on like K K beauty and like mm. K skincare and you know those twelve step routines and yeah. stuff and I remember just always looking at her like oh my god you're crazy you know and I think at the time I wasn't taking my skincare like really seriously and this is like I'm talking like maybe eight eight nine years ago um, and you know over time I started just you know getting access to information and you know reading about products and eventually I just started trying things you know like um whether it's I want to try laser or I want to you know start getting facials or I want to you know use medical grade grade products I think my skincare journey like really got serious and I became really regimented in, in the last like 
seven years or mm. six years. So like just before I got to Dubai. Yeah. Um, and this is when I started like discovering brands like Skin Suit. Oh, I'm not going to say that brand actually. Let's start that over. Yeah. Um, this is when I started discovering kind of medical grade brands. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, oh, I shouldn't be buying these products from like the drugstore because like these, they just, you know that the ingredients are questionable. And then I became really interested in understanding things like parabens and keeping that out of the, you know, my skincare products. And so the more informed I became, you know, the better skincare choices I made. And I um, finally like decided like, okay, I'm going to, you know, start Im incorporating like medical grade treatments into my my routine, right? Like I didn't feel like it was just enough for me to, you know, use proper, you know, how do I say like? Not just the products, more than that. Yeah, like, you know, I needed to stop buying products that, you know, because the branding was nice or the packaging um, was nice. Yeah, I fall for I, that all the time. Yeah, I needed <laughs> but for that. for the formula. But for the formula, I needed to move away from like mm. that influencing my decisions and looking at the, the, the actual ingredients. And so I, you know, became very like um, loyal to a certain group of brands that, you know, they work for me and I know that they're um, actual performing products and they're not just like yeah you know for the for the fluff yeah and um I took it even a step further and was like okay I'm gonna start doing treatments like lasers facials um derma rolling microneedling um derma planning um everything like you you name it gaucha like all of oh, it nice and so I then it just it's, I just evolved over time you know the more information I learned and the more confident I became in the, the my product choices the more I was able to experiment with other things. And I think part of that was I never wanted to resort to like injectables and, you know, things like that. Because when I moved here, I feel like that was so yeah. normal. It was so normalized when I moved here. And that's like not normal. Yeah. At least it's normal now. Like you go to North America, you go to LA, New York, Toronto, everyone does it, you know, yeah. but it wasn't normal when I moved here, like five and a half, like six years ago, that wasn't the thing in Toronto. Like girls were not getting Botox at like 27 and 26 yeah. or, and girls were not getting fillers and you know, all of that. And I feel like a lot of that started with Kylie Jenner, yeah. but I think people were doing it here well before that. Um, and so I was like almost too scared to let myself get to a point where I would have to resort to those things Yeah, that I was like, you better take care of the skin, like do whatever it takes, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's probably like that, that, that catalyst, that thing that like really drove me to like be so committed to like maintaining healthy yeah. skin and I guess trying yeah. to stay youthful, right? Like I just, I want to walk into a room and nobody know my age. Yeah, really, I'm, like that's the goal. Like, well, I mean, it, we I literally cannot tell. I have no idea. We can't oh, tell when, you. Right. When we stop filming, yeah. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but off we can the tell. Off the record, well, we can tell it's really you're doing the right thing. Yeah, and, and I think that's great. I think again, it goes back to educating yourself. Yeah, and understanding what it is you're using on your face. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and I think just having the balance again. Yeah, I think that also. I mean, you can put all the creams you want on your face, but if you're not if you're stressed out, if you're, if you're not happy, if, if things in your life isn't going the way you want it to, it comes off in your face. And I think that's why you, other than obviously taking care of it, you have such a balanced life that it's, it shows. Yeah. And that's great. That's true. Cause like I, one of the things I say is like, it's not about like what you do to your skin. It's like what you do for it. Yes. Like that's really important. Like what you're eating, 
you know, what supplements you're taking, like what everything, you, you know, just your men- mindset. Yeah, what you're right? thinking about, what how you're thinking, thinking about, about yourself. Yeah. Um, so I, I really believe that that's really important. And now, you know, for me, the next thing is to get into more stuff like, you know, what am I eating that could be, you know, contributing to any skin issue, right? Because like when you think about gut health and nutrition, like all of it is like connected and it's just so fascinating. And then there's things like, your scalp is like skincare, right? Like, what about that? Like, so sometimes it is overwhelming because there's, you don't realize that there's levels to it. And Mm. like, there's so much information there and, you know, there's so much we can be doing. Um, But I try not to overwhelm myself because as much as like, I want to take care of my face, my scalp the same way I take care of my face, Let's be honest. Like, who who has time for that? Like, no. No, I love that. I'm going to start channeling my inner Amina from now on and really trying to find that balance in my life with work and and friendships and skincare and hopefully scalp care and all that stuff. Yeah, we need to bring her back just to talk about skincare. Like, we need an in-depth episode. You guys, are you guys on Clubhouse? Yes. Yeah. So we have a skincare group on Clubhouse, me and my sister. So she works for The Ordinary. Nice. um, uh, For Desium, like the bigger company. But she works for, um, she does like digital marketing there. And so when Clubhouse, I guess Clubhouse kind of launched last year. I want to say. Late last year. Yeah, but it launched to a certain group of people Mm. first, like kind of like Silicon Valley people, et cetera. And then they invited people. And so um when I joined in like October I was like oh I'm just gonna invite my sister like whatever we didn't understand what it was until later we realized oh it's like just one big phone call like yeah everyone's just talking or it's just like a live podcast basically basically, right and so and I realized a lot of the people that were on there at the beginning were podcasters like Mm. people with podcasts and so we um decided I'm like oh let's just start a room like talking about skincare and like well-being and stuff like that and so we, we do a skincare room every Saturday. And you still do it now? We still do it. Oh, great. So I actually shamefully don't go on the app except on Saturdays. Okay. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, I understand that, because yeah. it's gone a bit weird. Yeah. Especially the now that they've opened and it to everyone. It's yeah, gone a bit It's shady, a bit strange, but yeah. yeah. But um, it's called Skin Deep and it's great because like we, we, you know, we have dermatologists on there, but then sometimes we'll have um dietitians on there um we'll have um hair doctors on there and so they just it's super informative um but a little shameless plug there a little shameless (laughs) plug but also it was more to say that you guys should maybe bring this onto you know a place like clubhouse because i feel like there's actually a huge middle east following and community on there um but but yeah, I'm anyways. writing that down. I'm writing it down. No, We're doing yes. it. We're doing it. <laughs> no, but thank you so much, Amina. This oh, was wonderful. Pleasure. You've actually made me feel a bit more like confident about like actually taking care of myself because I mm-hmm. see that you you the way you treat yourself reflects on everything else you do. So yeah. thank you so much for that. And thank you for taking time to come here oh, and, and speak ladies. to us. Thank you for having me, ladies. I hope to come back. And yeah, I hope I'm not too... Um, alarmed at hearing my own voice when I listen to this. No, it's gorgeous. (laughs)